0: Yeah, I've been working all week and I'm tired I don't want to sleep and I want to have fun It's time for a good time I cash my check, clean my truck Put on my hat, forgot about work the Sun going down, head across town Pick up my baby turn it around Good time Oh, I need a good time I've been working all week and I'm tired I don't want to sleep and I want to have fun Time for a good
1: time Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome back to yet another episode of KALA HD 2 106.1's Schistel Speaks Sports. I am Ryan Schistel. Today is October 13th, and it was yet another beautiful but very cold day around the campus of St. Ambrose University and the Quad Cities area. In this evening's episode, there is quite a bit to unpack. It's been a very busy week in St. Ambrose Sporting News, so let's jump right into the action, starting with women's soccer. Coming into this episode of Schistel Speak Sports, the women's soccer team has an overall record of 7 wins, 2 losses, and 3 ties, with a conference record of 6 wins, 0 losses, and 2 ties. So overall the Bees women's soccer team has a 70.8 win percentage and an 87.5 conference win percentage. Since last week's episode, the Bees have played two soccer games. The first was last Saturday against St. Francis of Illinois in which the Bees won 2-1. St. Francis scored the first goal of the game and the only goal of the first half and it came off of a penalty kick by Allison Shar in the 32nd minute. Then, Taylor Desplinter had an unassisted sliding goal that went into the left corner of the net in the 60th minute to tie the game at one apiece. Then, late in the game in the 79th minute, it was Haley Wilson who netted a lofted shot over the goalkeeper's hands for the second goal for the Bees, in which that was the game winner at 2-1. In total, St. Ambrose took 18 shots, but only put 8 of them on goal. Crystal Rodriguez, the goalie for the Fighting Saints of St. Francis, was able to save 6 of the 8 shots and obviously allowed those 2 goals. And then it was Rachel Willette in goal for the Bees like normal to start the game. She faced 5 shots on goal and allowed 1 of those 5 shots to go in. So she saves 4 out of 5 for an 80% save percentage. In the 65th minute, R- Willette got pulled from goal and it was Molly McLaughlin who got in the game for the last 24 minutes and 7 seconds. McLaughlin didn't face any shots. So a nice job to get her in there by the coaching staff and really just get her some practice for what will come later in the season. Then this past Wednesday, aka yesterday, the Bees played Indiana Northwest on the road. In that game, the Bees won by a whopping score of eight to nothing, putting four goals in net in either half. Caitlin Brunson got scoring started early in the eighteenth minute, which was then followed up just one minute and one second later by Haley Wilson to give the Bees a two to nothing lead. Then in the 35th minute, it was Taylor DeSplinter who put in the third goal. And then once again, just one minute later, it was Haley Wilson getting her second goal of the game to make it four to nothing going into the half. Then coming out of halftime, it was Caitlin Brunson for her second goal of the game to make it five to nothing. That shot was assisted by Mary Evans. Two minutes later, in the 63rd minute, it was Margaret Hamilton who put in an unassisted goal. And then Kendall went in the 65th minute to give the Bees goals 6 and 7. Then, late in the game, in the 89th minute, it was Adriana Latham who put in the Bees' 8th goal of the game. And that was the final goal needed. So, it was Adriana Latham with one goal. Kendall went with a goal. Margaret Hamilton and Taylor Desplinter also had a goal apiece. And then Haley Wilson and Caitlin Brunson each put in two goals for the Bees. Once again, in goal for the Bees, it was Rachel Ouellette. And out of the three shots that Indiana Northwest took, all three were on goal. But Ouellette was able to stay perfect in this game, saving all three. The Bees took 22 shots in total in this game, but only put 10 of them on goal. The goalie for Indiana Northwest, Isabella, Isabel, pardon me, Escalerera, had faced 10 shots on goal, and she only saved two of them. Both goalies went the full 90 minutes. So a great job by the Bees to really improve their winning streak to three games now, and the Bees still have not lost a game. Since August 28th at Northern Iowa, the Bees have either won or tied in all of those games. So the Bees have won six games and tied in three since their last loss. Coming up for this Bees women's team, they will play Judson at home this Saturday, October 15th. Kickoff for that game will be at 3.30. Then the Bees will travel to Cardinal Stritch to play at the Bavarian Inn in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And that will be next Tuesday, October 18th at 2 o'clock p.m. I will have more on those games in next week's episode. Following up with women's soccer, it is men's soccer. The men's soccer team comes into this episode with an overall record of 4 wins, 6 losses, and 2 ties. And then a conference record of 3 wins, 3 losses, and 2 ties. So that means the Bees have a win percentage of 41.7 overall, and then 50% in conference. Most recently, this men's team has played the same two opponents. It was St. Francis last Saturday that ended in a 3-3 tie, and then Indiana Northwest on the road with a 1-0 win for the Bees. In that St. Francis game, goals were scored by Lucas Pisa in the 44th minute, Jorge Brazula in the 81st minute, and then Owen Ganaway knotted up the game at 3 in the 89th minute, and that's how the Bees finished with the tie. In goal for the Bees was Zach Bauer, and out of the 9 shots on goal he faced, he was able to save 6 of them. Then, in that one to nothing win against Indiana Northwest, the goal was scored in the 40th minute by Ryan Evans, and it was an assisted goal by Ama Ajavan. And obviously with it being 1-0, that goal by Evans was the game winner. Zach Bauer, again in goal for the Bees, faced two shots on goal out of the four shots that Indiana Northwest took, and he saved all of them. And then out of the 12 shots that the Bees took, the goalie for Indiana Northwest saved saved three of them, on the four shots on goal that the Bees put on. So now coming up for the Bees men's team, like the women's team, they will take on Judson this Saturday at the St. Vincent's Athletic Complex, just a few blocks off of St. Ambrose's campus. That game will kick off at 1 o'clock p.m., so the men's team will play at 1, and then the Bees team will follow up in women's action just after that game. Then the men's team will also be traveling to Cardinal Stritch, but this game will be played instead of Tuesday on October 19th, so next Wednesday at 2 o'clock p.m., but it will, again, be at the Bavarian Inn in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and, again, I will have more on those scores in next week's episode. So to wrap up the first half of this show, we will be discussing men's golf, and the men's golf team has been doing quite well for themselves as they wrap up their fall season. Most recently, the Bees competed in the Central College Fall Classic in Iowa City this past, not this past Tuesday, but two Tuesdays ago on October 4th. In that, the Bees took second out of 13 teams. The Bees, as a team, shot a total of 624 or 48 over par, and that was 18 shots behind the leader in, I'm sorry, Nebraska Wesleyan, who went 30 over par. St. Ambrose's B team also competed in this event, where they took ninth place, shooting 74 over par, or a total of 650. The best B to golf came in a 3rd place tie, and it was Owen Holtman, he shot 10 over par in the two rounds that he played. He shot a 79 and then a 75. When we look at just the team breakdown for the Bees, outside of Holtman, who f- tied for third, Hunter Metal tied for eighth, shooting 12 over par. Dylan McAleer shot 14 over and tied for 14th. Jared Tiggs shot 20 over, or I'm um, shot shot 15 over, pardon me, and tied for 20th. And Mark Schomer shot 21 over and tied for 36th. Then for the St. Ambrose B team, it was Drew Eden who shot the best. He shot 15 over and tied for 20th. Tim Markham shot 30, tied for 32nd, pardon me, and shot 19 over. Justin Enthoff shot 21 over and tied for 36th. Reed Calvert shot 22 over and tied for 43rd, and then Jacob Rude shot 23 over and tied for 47th. So a nice job by the men's golf team here at Saint Ambrose to come in second place out of the 13 teams that competed in the Central in the Central College Fall Classic. Coming up for the bees, they will be wrapping up their fall season by competing in the NAIA fall previews at the Las Sendas Golf Club in Mesa, Arizona. That competition will kick off on Sunday, October 30th, and then it will be played again on Monday, the 31st, and will end on Tuesday, November 1st, and again, that will be played at the Las Sendas Golf Club in Mesa, Arizona. Then the Bees will be out of action for men's golf until their spring break trip that is planned to be at Phoenix, Arizona. And so far on their calendar, that will take place on Saturday, March 18th. Obviously, they're not only going to go for one day, but the Bees will definitely have some fun down in Arizona competing in the spring break trip and the NAIA fall preview. So, ladies and gentlemen, the first half of this show has been completed. Coming up after this short two- to three-minute halftime break, I'll be back with more SAU sports. I'm Ryan Schistel, and you're listening to Schistel Speak Sports on KALA HD2 106.1. Imagine
0: you're in a large white room in the midst of a party. You look around and see everyone is wearing the same dull styles of clothes. You notice that they're all eating the same foods and drinking the same drinks. In fact, everyone pretty much looks the same and talks in the same way blah, 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 blah. about the same things. Blah, 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 blah. The sameness of everyone overwhelms you, and you walk out in search of a livelier party but every place you go is the same. Our lives can be a colorful celebration by appreciating the diversity of others. We're all diverse, whether it's in our race, religion, or physical challenges. Diversity is you and me. Celebrate diversity in our community. A message from the Quad Cities Mayor's Media Roundtable.
2: I feel like we've always known each other. Me too, and we just met online. So listen, Why do we meet? Maybe at the mall. Saturday afternoon? Do a little shopping, a little chillin', and let's wear all pink so we recognize each other.
3: McGruff the Crime Dog here. Kids don't always know that predators surf the Internet looking for young victims. Be your kid's safety net on the Internet. Visit mcgruff.org. An important announcement from the U.S. Department of Justice, the Crime Prevention Coalition of America, and the National Crime Prevention Council. In the early hours after the tsunamis, it was ham radio that was on the air, saving lives.
2: Supplies are en route. Food is coming up in the convoy uh, about a mile and a half back. Roads are somewhat passable.
3: When Florida was ripped by hurricanes, the hams were there.
2: Okay, we'll deploy the communications volunteers as soon as we get to the area. We're about 30 seconds out.
3: In the critical moments after the attack of 9-11, it was the hams who coordinated emergency messages. Copy number one. Message number one from Red Cross Evacuation Shelter. Can you hear us now?
2: Antennas are up, everything looks good. We are in communications with the Capitol.
3: Ham radio works when other communications don't. To learn how you can become a ham radio operator, call the ARRL, the National Association for Amateur Radio, at 1-800-326-3942. The Emergency Communications Center has been set up. We're on the air. Communication is good. Good job,
2: fellas. This is
3: W1AW out. In the early hours after the tsunamis, it was ham radio that was on the air saving lives. When Florida was ripped by hurricanes, the hams were there. In the critical moments after the attack of 9-11, it was the hams who coordinated emergency messages. Can you hear us now? Ham radio works when other communications don't. To learn how you can become a ham radio operator, call the ARRL, the National Association for Amateur Radio, at one 800 326-3942. A public service message from your community radio station, KALA Davenport, and the St. Ambrose University Amateur Radio Club, K0SAU.
2: In the night, I hear him talk the coldest story ever told. Somewhere far
0: along this road, he lost his soul to a woman so heartless. heartless. How could you be so heartless? You be so heartless. How could you be so cold as the winner win win a breeze show? Just remember that you talk to me, though. You need to watch the way you talking
1: to me, oh. I'm mean, station for St. Ambrose, St. Ambrose University know. Sports, KALA Davenport. Welcome back into the studios of KALA on the campus of St. Ambrose University here in Davenport, Iowa. This is the second half of Schistel Speak Sports on KALA HD 2 106.1, and I am Ryan Schistel. Just like the first half of this show, the second half is just just as action-packed. So, let's start it right back up, where after the first half, we talked about men's and women's soccer, and then men's golf, so now let's jump into women's golf. Like... The men's golf team, the women's team, has been in a lot of action recently. Most recently, playing in the CCAC Fall Preview Cup. In that, the Bees took second place out of five teams to compete. St. Ambrose shot 81 over par for a total score of 369. That was just was a very close score to Olivet Nazarene who ended up winning the CCAC Fall Preview Cup at the Cinder Ridge Golf Course in Wilmington, Illinois. Olivet shot 357 and 69 over par, so just 12 shots splitting up the first and second place teams. And although Olivet Nazarene may have won the CCAC Fall Preview Cup. It was Amara Lytle who came in first place in individual golfers. She shot 76. Over, she shot a total of 76, which was only four over par. So an absolutely amazing round out of Lytle. The next best golfer for the bees came by way of Catherine Spear, who came in ninth place overall, shooting 94. And 22 over par. Outside of those two, it was Kara Williams who shot 25 over par and tied for 13th, and then Elena Mendoza who came in 18th place, shooting 30 over par. Wrapping it up for the Beast was Leah Sullivan who shot 38 over par and came in 22nd place. So, as I said, Amara Lytle shot 4 over par, an incredible round and that is why she won medalist honors at the CCAC Cup. So really a great job overall by the whole women's golf team who were sporting pink pink polos with a white B on them. And it's just it's a great it's a great effort put forth by the whole team as they also are wrapping up their season here pretty soon. All the bees have left are to compete in the Deer Run Invitational at TPC Deer Run in Silvis, Illinois. That event will take place on Monday, October 17th, so this upcoming Monday, and then it will finish up on Tuesday, October 18th. Again, it is the Deer Run Invitational at TPC Deer Run in Silvis, Illinois. So now that we have golf covered, the next sport that I will be discussing is women's volleyball here at St. Ambrose. And just like I've said all year, the women's volleyball team is staying very successful as they, have not, as they now have an overall record of 15 wins and 5 losses for a win percentage of 75%, and then a conference record of 7 wins and 2 losses for a 77.8% win percentage. Most recently, the Bees have competed against Governor's State and when it came to playing against the Jaguars, the Bees got the sweep 3 games to none. In the first game of the match, the Bees beat Governor's State by a score of 25 to 18 and then kept their dominance going into the second game where the Bees bested the Jaguars 25 to 13. The third game of the match was the closest by far, and it was St. Ambrose coming on top 25 to 22. The Bees in the first set had 18 kills, and then 12 in both the second and third sets of the match. So, a great job by them to rack up a total of 42 kills. In this match against the Governor State Jaguars. Coming up for the Bees in women's volleyball. They will be competing tomorrow and Saturday. So October 14th and October 15th. Against Missouri Baptist tomorrow at 4 o'clock p.m. And then at 9 o'clock a.m. The Bees will take on Cumberland in the Missouri Baptist Classic at the Carl and Dolores Petty SRC in St. Louis, Missouri. Outside of that, the Bees will take on Olivet Nazarene on next Tuesday at 7 o'clock p.m. at the Mackay Arena in Bourbonnet, Illinois, and then they will take on St. Francis of Illinois at the Sullivan Center in Joliet, Illinois. I will have more on those scores in next week's episode, and really, as soon as this episode, or as soon as next week's episode ends, the team will be getting set, or will be starting play against St. Francis. So the Bees will be on the road from tomorrow, October 14th, until October 25th. So two Tuesdays for now. And the last game of the, home, of the road stretch, I should say, will be played against Judson at the Linder- fitness center in elgin illinois the bees next home game will be against hannibal lagrange at 7 o'clock p.m and that will be senior night for the bees the bees have already played hannibal lagrange this year in which they swept hannibal lagrange um, and hannibal missouri three games to none so this women's volleyball team is just so fun to watch they bring so much action into their matches against their opponents, especially while at home when really the whole entire Bees crowd can get into it. They always attract such a large crowd of students, parents, members of the Quad Cities community to come and cheer on the Bees women's volleyball team. Now, the final sport that I will be discussing for this week's episode is St. Ambrose football. After, as we all know, starting 0-3 this year with losses to Waldorf, Concordia, and Lawrence Tech, the Bees had a bye week, and the bye week was September 24th, that weekend. And ever since that, the Bees have turned around their season completely. Like many people know, two weeks ago, October 1st, the Bees traveled to Trinity International, in which they won that game 49-7, 49 to 7 and then in last week's game it was the bees coming out on top yet again against against Judson and the bees won that game 58 to 22. In that game, quarterback Tom Casey went 16 for 23 passing with 250 total yards and his longest pass went for 40 yards. Casey also threw seven passing touchdowns. Now, for those who don't know, seven passing touchdowns at any level of football is just incredible, and those seven touchdown passes by Casey ties him, or yes, he is now tied for the SAU school record for most touchdown passes thrown in a game. The wide receiver core was at work, obviously, as Yemi Ward, who is Tom Casey's top target often had a total of three touchdowns. And then the Iowa State University transfer who plays tight end, Israel Taylor, had two touchdowns for himself. Nolan Bielskis and Justin Wright, two more wide receivers, had one touchdown apiece. The Bees then scored another touchdown, this time not from Tom Casey, but by way of defensive back Jeremiah Crawford. Crawford, outside of being a defensive back, is also one of the kick return men for this Bees football team, and he had a 76-yard kick return touchdown that had all of Brady Street Stadium rocking. It had me going crazy up in the press box, and it was just a beautiful game overall on offense. But not only that, it was a beautiful game defensively for the Bees. The Bees had six sacks, 13 tackle for losses and two fumble re- or two forced fumbles and one fumble recovery. So, in their last two games, the Bees are outscoring opponents by a whopping score of 107 to 29. Now, one team that the Bees and really myself at KALA and I give myself all the problems for this is the JV football team that St. Ambrose has because the St. Ambrose JV football team is undefeated 4-0. They have beat Monmouth by a score of 35-14, to Coe College 28-22, Clark University 21-3, to and then most recently this past Sunday, Loris at Loris 34-14. to I had a chance to sit down and talk with one of my roommates who is on the JV football team, offensive lineman, Kyle Yule. So I am going to play that interview right now. All right, Bees fans, I am joined by offensive lineman for the JV football team here at St. Ambrose, Kyle Yule. First off, Kyle, how are you?
2: Uh, I'm doing pretty good.
1: So Kyle, the JV team is undefeated, and it almost feels like that is going unnoticed with the recent success of the varsity team, but can you just walk us through a little bit about how the JV team has been so successful this year?
2: Um, I think it's because we've just been playing more as a team. Like we don't have just one star player. We have many. Like We have a, f- a f- phenomenal backfield with three running back rotation with a fourth one as well. While uh, we do pretty good job with our quarterbacks, we normally switch between two per game. Like one's more of a pass, to quarterback, the other is a run. And then we also have a phenomenal receiving core that it, it, it doesn't matter who we give the ball, like they're going to make a big play.
1: So let's talk about your offensive line. You guys call yourself the War Dogs. I know that you guys have it on a sweatshirt. What does that mean to you, the term war dogs?
2: Well, to me, it just means that uh, we're nasty. Like, in war, like, it gets pretty nasty out there, and we just consider ourselves dogs.
1: So, obviously, when you go undefeated, there's success all around the field. But, you know, obviously, you have to put up points with your offense. And I feel like a big reason that a team can go successful and undefeated is because of that offensive line and the blocking schemes that they have. So can you just talk about how well the coaches prepare you guys week in and week out?
2: Uh well, every day like we have two periods after practice. Well, after the varsity practice is done, we we go over plays or we'll do inside drill which is basically inside run with the defensive line and linebackers and we do the one-on-ones and stuff like that. We don't really prepare for our our opponent by like Putting uh like what well formations like they run, uh, we basically just do it on the fly. We'll do it after the first series, see what their defense is doing, or see possibly what their offense is doing. We just adjust on the fly. Uh, I think it's like the one big key point I believe, uh, especially for the offense alignment is that like, the JV head coach uh, is the varsity offense line coach. So, like, after, like, series and stuff like that, like, he's still still in charge of the game, but, like, he'll come talk to us, see what's going on, talk to us about, like, what we need to do to change that. And I believe that's one of the biggest parts because, like, there will be some plays where, like, we're not getting the right blocking down, and then after we talk to him, put it on a clipboard, whiteboard, and just see like what we need to change. It. When we run that play next, it seems we get like five-plus yards per carry after that.
1: So you just talked about how who is normally the offensive line coach, and Coach Gadbury is the head coach for the JV team. So you guys play on Sundays, and let's just say the varsity team is to lose on a Saturday and then you guys, when does it feel like that's a good pick me up from you guys to the coaches? Um,
2: I would say so. It always hurts when the varsity loses, uh, especially because they're our main team for the football program. But like with the JV, like we're all young, majority of us are freshmen. Like we, are very, very talented, as well as like we give good effort. It's just one of those things, like on Sundays, like so that, like, we're not really playing for a national championship, we're playing the play. So, I think that's a a little bit different than when you're playing on a Saturday varsity game and there's something on, on the line. I think there's a little bit more pressure on
1: that than playing a JV game. And so, we've seen some recent injuries to the offensive line. So does that mean guys that are on JV, such as yourself are almost waiting for, like, the next man up call to be ready to suit up on Saturdays?
2: Yeah, kind of. Like, there's two freshmen, uh, besides the freshmen that are already on varsity that have gotten reps with the varsity – it could have been before before the season at like the fall camp, or it could have been like, hey, like we we need to move someone up for a practice because there is an injury. But yeah, like we have guys that are ready to move up, and that's what I think is good about our group is that we all know what we're doing. Most of us know each, each position very well, so I, I say when one of us gets called up, we see it as a, a opportunity to possibly go take someone's spot if possible.
1: Well, Kyle, that's all the questions I have for you. And once again, ladies and gentlemen, this is Ryan Schistel talking to the War Dog JV offensive lineman on the undefeated St. Ambrose University JV football team. Again, for Kyle Ewell, I'm Ryan Schistel signing off. Go Bees. So, again, that was Kyle Ewell, uh, one of my roommates, class act guy, uh, somebody who will always help me with, my game notes the night or two before a game when I'm writing them up each week about what I want to discuss for the varsity team that will be playing on Saturdays and he's one of those guys that's just so easy to talk to Uh, whenever he's playing at home I try to get up there when I can sometimes it's just a bit hard trying to catch up on homework maybe watch a little NFL but you know, it's it's always great to be able to talk to Kyle. I'm super happy he was willing to sit down and do an interview with me a couple nights ago. It was super late when we did it, and he had lift at about 6 a.m. the next day. So a great job. Thank you again, Kyle, if you are listening. And so now coming up, For both the JV and Varsity football teams, Varsity will play this Saturday, October 15th, at 1 o'clock p.m. against Olivet Nazarene at Brady Street Stadium. Both David Meyer and myself will be on the call for that game. And last year, St. Ambrose rolled into Olivet Nazarene in Bourbonnet, Illinois, when Olivet was ranked, I believe it was 13th in the nation for NAIA football. And the bees won that game, 17 to 10, and that was a big turnaround um, in last year's game. So the bees look to continue their success and move to three and 0 in the conference on sa- on the Saturday slate. And then for the JV team, they look to go to five and 0 as they will take on Illinois Wesleyan. On Sunday, October 16th at 2 o'clock p.m., that game will be played at the St. Vincent's Athletic Complex here in Davenport, just a few blocks off of campus. I know from talking to Kyle, Illinois Wesleyan, one of the best JV teams in the NAIA, he thinks that it's going to be a really good matchup, but it's definitely going to be one of the toughest matchups that the JV team will play all year. So that is going to do it for this week's episode of Schistel Speaks Sports on KALA HD 2 106.1. Again, I'm Ryan Schistel. Like normal, the support that I've received on this show and other shows, podcasts, whatever it is I'm doing, has been unbelievable. So truly, thank you for all the support because I don't think people realize how much it does mean to me. Past episodes, this episode... And future episodes can now officially be found on KALA's streaming services. My recommendation would be to look up Schistel Speaks Sports on Spotify. That's Schistel Speaks Sports, and Schistel is spelled S-C-H-I-E-S-T-E-L, Speaks Sports on Spotify. That's where I would always go to listen back, see what I could have done better And to know it's mine, it will say Schistel Speak Sports in Navy letters with a gray background and the St. Ambrose Fighting Bee logo pasted into the background. Don't forget, the Fighting Bees have a football game, and it will be live this weekend here on KALA HD2 106.1, where, again, David Meyer and I will be on the call. But for now, that's going to do it for this episode, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you again for tuning in. It was a great time talking to you over the air I'm Ryan schstel gobies
0: baby a song you made me want to